Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Thank you, Mark LeMay. Welcome back into the Asylum. I'm Rick Briggs, my partner, Rick Flieger. We are Flieger and Briggs right here on fakepigskin.com. Heading into week 10, and I'll tell you what, there's yet another, oh, I would call it a heavyweight bye week, quite frankly. It is uh, Kansas City, Oakland, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. And uh, the hits just keep on coming. This thing never ends. I'd rather them just do it in two weeks, Rick. I know. Half the league off one week, half the other. It's driving me nuts. We talk about that every year, and it, it almost seems like it gets longer. But uh, i tell you what, something struck me just the other day. I was checking out the standings. Of course, you know, me and you both play in the Scott Fishbowl uh, tournament. Yes. Scott Fishbowl 7 this year. And uh, for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with that, it is a conglomerate of what is it? 480 or something like that? 720 or, this year. Oh, 720 this year. That's right. 720 players um, from all, I don't know, experience levels, but they're fans. They are professionals um, all the way up. I mean, you know, guys from CBS, ESPN, Fantasy Sports Network, all the way down, you know. Don't forget the asylum. Well, of course the asylum. I already said we were in it. Yeah, fakepigskin.com. Those are the real luminaries. The football diehards. I mean, you, you name an organization and they are in this thing. And it just struck me looking at that. It doesn't seem that long ago you and I were sitting here lamenting on how long the drafts take. <laughs> yeah. When's the next pick coming up? Well, welcome to week 10, folks. Yeah. I yeah, mean, this is crazy. It's almost over. The season, for yeah. all intents and purposes, is over. If it's the Caveman League and your team name is Thunderstruck and your name is Rick Briggs, the season is over. Not necessarily. As a fact. String up four in a row and I'm in, baby. Let's start with one in a row and then we can talk about four in a row. That's okay. Um, you know, it's just a, it, it's just been a, a tough year in, in the Caveman League, quite frankly. It's horrifying. It, it, Scott Fishbowl, I'm doing quite well. I think I am as Seven well. and two. I need to check the standing. I score nothing every week. I'm that guy this <laughs> season who puts up, you know, when the league's averaging 180, puts up 140, and his opponent puts up 135. It's the rare bit of good luck I'm getting in the <laughs> in the Scott Fishbowl this week. But let's get into it. Uh, lots of headlines, lots of things I want to gripe about, complain, start, sits, mailbag. We got it all this week. Let's get right into it. Big news, Rick. Jameis Winston looks like he's going to be shut down for about two or three weeks here. Look, apparently that shoulder not getting any better. That seemed odd to me from the beginning, Rick. An AC joint on a quarterback didn't seem like something you could just play through and work your way through. I think this was two weeks overdue, quite frankly. No, and if you saw that play that re-injured it or just aggravated it even more, it was eerily similar of, of the hit and fall that Aaron Rodgers took that shattered his collarbone into a zillion pieces. Yeah. So yeah. he's quite frankly, I think he's lucky that he wasn't in pieces. Yeah, and you wonder that's going to be the next thing. You wonder how the league's going to try to legislate that hit out of the game. I don't. You know they're going to try. I don't know how. What do you do? I mean, he hit them, wrapping them up on the waist and bringing them down, and that's no, where injuries are coming. Oh, from. come on! I mean, that's part of the game. I'm sorry, that is ridiculous. It, it's getting to the point. I mean, it, they start legislating stuff like that. Uh, what is the point of even playing? Well, you're going to have to put flags on them. I mean, we've talked. You joke about it, but you, you, I wonder. 
or one day, you know, in our light, well, probably not yours. You're you're hanging on by a thread as it is. But in my <laughs> yeah, lifetime, you know, are they going to put the red jersey on them and it's two hand touch with the quarterback? I don't know. It, it, it'll, it'll be then we'll have to have a replay on every two hand oh. tag well, we, to see if they actually touch them. And yeah, we do anyhow. Every fumble, every, every anything that may be meaningful to the game and create some type of flow, we have to. We, I won't even get down that road. Other big news for Tampa Bay. Disgusting. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's does it. It takes away it, the games aren't as fun to watch anymore. No. I mean everything. Everything is under such intense scrutiny, and I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the year now these decisions are being made in New York. I, I think this was handled better. It was still a nuisance, but this was handled better when the final decision rested with the officiating crew on the field. Now that you're letting New York make this call, we're seeing things. They get the call right on the field. It goes to replay, and we're overturning it to the incorrect call. How many times have we seen that this year? It's it's maddening. I have a hard time watching a lot of these games. And I'm sorry, but the officiating is so inconsistent throughout. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's outrageous to the point, you know, and we can get into it later. A.J. Green, you tell me why that guy's not suspended and yet him and Jalen Ramsey get the exact same penalty yeah. in that football game. Yeah. That, well, you know, that, that was the next story. Mike Evans, he is suspended for yeah. that blind And rightfully side. so. Right, he absolutely should have been. What's crazy there is he doesn't get thrown out of the game. I don't know how <laughs> you look at that and say, well, yeah, he can stay in the game. Right. You know, if he wasn't in- injured, as far as I'm concerned, Jameis Winston needs to be – should be sat down – as well for whatever I don't know what he was doing there, poking the guy in the ear. I, I can't. I still. I have seen that replay, Rick, eighty-five times. I yeah. have no clue what Winston. Because when I first saw it, he almost made it look like he's a good actor. I'll give him that. And you saw that if you watched Hard Knocks back yeah. in August where he jams the guy in the ear, says something to him, and then he kind of looks out onto the field and keeps pointing around like this was all some big misunderstanding that yeah. he meant to point elsewhere and just accidentally caught that DB in the ear hole. Right, you know what exactly. I mean? And then here comes Mike. What, me? Here, here comes Mike Evans just out of nowhere. It looked like a cartoon. Just comes in, blasts him in the head, and as a referee, you look at that and say, well, yeah, well, I guess we'll give him 15. But really, I mean, come on. You know, yeah. We're, we're going to let that go. And meanwhile, A.J. Green, is doing his best Mike Tyson impression right now in the middle of the field. He gets tossed. Apparently, Jalen Ramsey gets tossed for getting his ass kicked. I guess that's a, that's an issue now. And no suspension forthcoming for either of them. So you want to talk about inconsistency, right? Oh, it's From hideous. the top levels, it's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey called him soft and gave him a shove. But, you know, A.J. Green attacked him from behind wrapped his arms around his neck, and basically was wrenching on his yeah. head. I mean, like, uh, you know, Ric Flair putting somebody in a sleeper hold. Did you watch and, that last night, Rick? What? The 30 for 30 Nature Boy? No, I, I haven't seen it you yet. You have to I watch I know. It. I have you seen watch. excerpts of it already. It is. Just, just I don't want to think. oversell it. It's just what we thought the Nature Boy was. I think. It was multiplied by – we are all talking about a schizophrenic beginning of this show. No, this is great beginning. I was stunned, actually stunned. You, you'd think it would be just what you thought it would be. It was uh, – this sounds so lame, almost breathtaking, what this 90 minutes 
uh, you have to watch it oh, like immediately. I know. Fifteen right? drinks a day. Oh, ten thousand women. I oh yeah. I mean the, that's uh, you know. And, and I was so struck by completely unapologetic for and just it was it was like a roll emotional roller coaster ride watching this thing. One thing, you being your age, you're what forty. You know, you I'm weren't you I'm weren't 40. old enough to remember. I mean, the heyday, like eighty through eighty nine, no, of was... like the Georgia Championship wrestling and the Memphis wrestling and the Florida wrestling and all those were all these factions. It was Flair and Dusty, the Horsemen, the Road Warriors, Austin Idol, Kevin Sullivan, the Funks, blah blah blah. You can go mm-hmm. on and on and on. And you had. I mean, you had Ric Flair. I mean, coming out in his three thousand dollars suits and his yeah. alligator, he's holding them up. He's telling, he's throwing Dude, the six hundred dollar alligator shoes. Yeah, it's Custom exactly made. what I expected. It, it was yeah. it, it was amazing, Rick, and you have to watch it. it just, oh, I, I, I will, could, no I doubt. Believe it, you have to watch that thing. But all right, so so back to Mike Evans, Rick. What, what Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what what I'm curious about here. When you're talking about Mike Evans, coming off a one catch, and we'll get to this in the Stinky Socks again, I assume his name will come up. Anyhow, one catch, 13 yards, wasn't thrown out of the game, so he's going to play this week. He's without Jameis Winston, and quite frankly, he hasn't been good since, what, week two, week three? It's been a struggle for him. I don't know. I'll be curious to find out now with a week of Ryan Fitzpatrick game plan. And, look, this isn't bringing in – Matt McGloin. This isn't bringing in Brett Hundley, you know, and this is a guy who in short stints has been successful in the league. Can we see Mike Evans reemerge here? Because I own Mike Evans in a lot of leagues. I don't believe I have him in the caveman league, but this is a guy I, I had rated right behind Antonio Brown. Well, wasn't going into the it, his season. suspension is not upheld? Is that, uh, Right, it's happening. It's, it is happening. Yeah. That's he, what, yeah, he appealed. They upheld it. Right, I, that's what I, I thought. I don't imagine they're going to run it. So through this the... week is basically out right. the window. Yeah, but going forward, can yeah. he turn this thing around? It's been so bad, so bad. Well, Tampa Bay has been so bad, Rick. I mean, let's look at that. I mean, they're what two and no, whatever it is six. I don't know how they won two. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, it can be turned around because say what you will about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He may throw five picks, but he's going to throw the football. Right. And they have no run game. Doug Martin, I mean, they're throwing eight in a box. What do you have, seven yards last yeah, week, I believe? Yeah, and, you know, if you stop that run game, you know, the coaches, the opposition, defense, somebody has to know that this kid hasn't been right this year. I'm talking about Jameis Winston. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think things could turn around. I don't think Tampa's that good. No. But, I mean, I, I think, think we all bought into the hype, the yeah, hard knocks hype. And I think the fortunes of um, some of the receivers may may turn a bit. But, you know, it's tough to tell. They're going to be – they'll go from what they're doing now. I'm talking about defenses. And maybe Fitzpatrick will come in and light it up for a little bit. Right. Okay, now we're going to make him beat us. Well, then they're going to start picking off. Right, and so yeah. Forth. And so, I mean, I, I think you'll see spurts of production. You know, so I don't know. 
Is he better than Winston? No. Is he better than Winston now? Probably. Right. Yeah, especially an injured Jameis Winston. So, But Mike Evans been a big disappointment. We obviously talked about A.J. Green avoids a suspension. Teddy Bridgewater activated. Uh, looks like he's going to be the backup this week to Case Keenum. Here's an interesting question, not fantasy football related. You're 6-2 and two right now in Minnesota. We all know... Case Keenum is not a very good quarterback in the National Football League. We, we've seen it year over year. But he's keeping the ship afloat. Jarek McKinnon just steps right into the shoes of what Dalvin Cook was doing. You're winning football games when Teddy Bridgewater's fully healthy. You know, it's obviously not going to be this week. Let's say three weeks down the road and you're, if they're 6-2 and two now, say you're 8-3. and three. Do you make the move, or do you just ride it out with Casey Case and the rest of the way? They've got an interesting decision to make here. Oh, I think it's, to me, if you're winning, I think it's obvious you stay with Case Keenum. Number one, Sam Bradford's on IR. Right. Number two, this team is, right now, is Case Keenum's. I mean, they're 6-2. They're and two. They're playing well. The defense is playing well. He's doing what he needs to do. He's getting the ball out quickly. Um, of course, they've established a pretty nice run game. But he's he's using the checkdowns. He's reading defenses. You know, he's got he's got some experience under his belt, and he's not the guy that is saying, "Okay, Case, go out there and win the game." He's going out there and he's directing the offense. The defense is keeping every every game they are in it or ahead because of that defense, and they're doing enough. And, and like, you know, Jarek McKinnon, he's putting up RB1 numbers right, right now, um, especially in PPR. So, no. You have Sam Bradford on IR. Teddy Bridgewater, he hasn't played in a year and a half um, coming off that ugh, just gruesome injury. Right. I think you just let him keep getting reps. I mean, as long as things are going well, Bridgewater's only going to get better and stronger. So why rush him in there? So, I mean, I'm probably completely wrong because everybody wants to see, yeah. you know, the other guy. But if you're, like you said, if you're, you know, 8-2, and 8-3, and three, whatever the case may be, why would you change it? It makes no sense. Yeah, what, what I wonder about, what I would fear as a Vikings fan, because this happens so often, normally with a, with a rookie quarterback or, you know, some type of high potential – quarterback sitting in the number two spot we're going to get to a position where Casey Kasem's going to have himself a bad first half of a game right they're going to be down a touchdown or something he's going to have thrown a couple of picks and that clamoring is going to start and there's going to be the the enticement to want to get Teddy Bridgewater in there maybe too soon and throw in the chemistry of I'd, I'd just be nervous about this I actually think his return it could be end up being a negative quite frankly for the Vikings and what they're doing because it isn't pretty on offense it's certainly not the greatest show on turf there in Minnesota but they're winning football games they're winning defensively they're winning it through the running game and a smart simple passing game out of Case Keenum and I think that's how you continue to win games in a division that's now infinitely winnable you know, with Case Keenum at the helm right now, you're the front runner and the favorite to win this division. What they're already two games clear of Detroit, which is the only team in that division right now with with Aaron Rodgers out that could even right. give them a race. You just wonder: is that clamoring going to start? Is it going to start to build up if he has a bad game or a bad first half, even somewhere along the way? It's it's going to be interesting to watch. It'll be interesting. I agree with you, but you know, this is a fifth year guy. 
He's got, like I said, he's got some experience under under his belt. You know, he's putting up just modest stats, 230 yards a game passing. And, you know, as long as they have to, that's all they have to do, which I think that's all they're going to have to do. I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, and what it's doing for the way this offense is set up, the way the offensive line is playing. You know, Dalvin Cook was looking like he was on his way to being in the Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott conversation. Now you get Jarek McKinnon, who's had these opportunities in the past coming in and performing equally well. You know, yeah. and, and so you see... It's just a much better football team. Right. Well, I think there's that, but whatever offense and the way it's being run through Case Keenum is fantastic for these running backs. You know, it's going to be a different offense if and when Teddy Bridgewater comes back. You know, it's also, um, and I hit on this, I'm going to guess probably three years ago, I can't remember, when Peterson had the, the knee injury, the first one. Okay. I can't remember how years ago it was now, but I remember talking about this on the show that actually then they weren't a, a great football team by any stretch of the imagination, but they gave around maybe 500, 7 and 9, something like that. But with Osiata and McKinnon at the time, they were finding out they could do different things on offense instead of here, Adrian, yeah, yeah. here, Adrian, here, Adrian. And now this is blossoming into a complete offense. Right. You know. Uh, Kyle Rudolph doesn't have spectacular stats, but he's solid. He's always there. Right. He's making the catches. He said we always make the comparison. He's a Heath Miller type. He'll make the exactly. catch when you need it, but for the most part, he's doing things you don't see. Yeah, he's doing the dirty work, right. man. You, you've got Thielen, of course. You have Diggs. Diggs is getting healthy now. Um, McKinnon, all of a sudden, from a guy who was looking over his shoulder from, from Matt Asiata, is – like you said, doing exactly what Delvin Cook was doing. Yeah, you know, this the, is a much better football yeah, team. Yeah, I, I think that's just what it is, and I think that's a competitor. Even with Case Keenum, that's a competitor. And in who the was NFC. Case Keenum on before? The Rams when they were the old Rams. Right. You know, Houston when Matt Schaub was throwing pick sixes <laughs> and, and so forth back in the day, and, and they were in transition. Kubiak had left, et cetera. You know, this is – I mean, it's good to see Case Keenum – Look, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's probably not even a, a career starter. But what this has done is it's instilled confidence in him. He's playing on a decent team. He knows he can do the job. And you know what? The coaches do too now. Right. And and it just makes him just a, a very dangerous team, I think, going into the playoffs. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement. you got to keep him in there unless you go on some four or five game slide like, like they did last yeah, year. Yeah, then no, you know. But this is the year he finally puts it together. It isn't. He sucks. I mean, we could find that yeah. out, but it's been a nice eight-game run thus far. All right, Rick, uh, we, we record this on Wednesday night here this week. So Thursday, 2 o'clock, by the time you hear this, by the time I post it, we may already have a decision. The Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> saga continues. <laughs> Meets with the three-judge panel requesting the uh, the temporary, the permanent injunction, waiting for the appeal. You know, uh, legal experts seem to think he's actually going to be granted this. You know, media types seem to think, you know, the the precedent. This is the Tom Brady panel, right? And the precedent of Deflate Gate's going to say they're not. I, I don't know what this means. All I know is this has gotten so far beyond what this originally started this, from. Yeah, this is, this is the age that we live in, Rick. Jerry Jones threatening to sue 
over Goodell's contract. Kaepernick suing the NFL over collusion, right. you know, and Ezekiel Elliott appealing Rhode Island next. I don't know. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Is this league starting to come apart a little bit? Yeah. This whole world is. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that that's a different conversation. <laughs> you know, you, but it's. I think seriously, it is. And, and you know, I, I know the old fogey stuff will come here, but it is. This is. This is the the age of anger. Everybody has an outlet of their little phones oh, and yeah, social yeah. media and everybody's angry about something and that's what this world is coming to it is devolving into a freaking bloodbath over nothing well, all yeah. the time well journalism has become you know there is no journalism well that's what when did it become you'll read a headline so world. we give our opinion you and i are journalists basically i guess so well, yeah well, that's but, awesome but you think about the, the ability to copy and paste tweets makes you a journalist now i'm struck by this yeah. go on your google news your yahoo your msnbc and you'll see the headline the entire world outraged about and then insert whatever nonsense you could <laughs> yeah. never dream anybody be outraged by that's my favorite word anymore yeah. outrage everybody's then, uh, outraged and then i think well this, this looks interesting i'm gonna give this the old click i'm falling for the clickbait that's what they right. call it now so i click on it and the person who wrote the article writes two sentences the first one is just a repeat of the headline here are so, here's a sampling of the tweets that came out about this, and all it is is 57 tweets. So the entire world comes down yeah. to 57 dickheads with a Twitter account. Right. And this is news now. Anyhow, yeah. I don't know what any of that has to do with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and, and you, you look down through the tweets and you see, like, Pud Monkey or, <laughs> you know, or, or, or whatever. I mean, Pud- like, like that's going to be my Oh, we got verif- a title for this my- show, don't we? <laughs> that's going to be my verifying source. Well, Pud Monkey on Twitter said this. I mean, it's, it is. It is devolved oh. into a quagmire of nothingness it's meaningless nonsense yeah. when pud monkey's your source <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean they had deep throat bag and watergate now we have pud monkey <laughs> all right i'm gonna try to rain rain it back in here a little bit here's what i want you know all of this legal wrangling you know i we look back on it almost fondly like it was kind of cute when al davis did this throughout all of the 80s and 90s with, with paul tagliabue so I'm less concerned with that. Here's what i got to wonder with this Ezekiel Elliott situation, okay? I, I in no way blame him whatsoever for continuing to fight this. Look, did, did he – did what this woman who accused him of doing happen? To a degree it had to. I don't think this came up out of thin air. But, but there's been so much shown to discredit, you know, parts of this story and to hand down a six-game suspension. Why, if you're the league – why do you push it this hard to get these emergency orders? Why, as a league, why don't you just say, all right, we're going to do like we did with Tom Brady. Go ahead, get your little restraining order, and then we're going to adjudicate this, and, and I'm going to win, and I'll get the last lap. I, I think it's the league that's making themselves look foolish here. And of going course in, they do. Going in front of every 
panel of judges in the country that they can find and saying, look, this is harmful to us if we don't enact this suspension before this thing is adjudicated. It just doesn't make sense. Why are they? I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand what they're hoping to gain out of this. Why not just take the Brady tag? Because here's what we all know, Rick, and here's why this is dumb, even from Elliot's perspective. I get why he's doing it. If you actually believe you didn't do this or whatever, and you're trying to clear your name, you fight it, you fight it, you fight it, you put it off as long as you can. You know, but, but from the league's perspective, we all know the league's going to win this ultimately because of this joke of a collective bargaining agreement. And I don't know what year this is up, Rick. It's in the next two or three years, I believe, the current CBA. Whatever it is that next season, there's not going to be any football. So I better read a book or a newspaper or go outside or something because I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about on his airways for that calendar well, Because there will be a shutdown because these two are so far apart. At least we won't be complaining that hockey starts in mid-October. Yeah, that's true. We'll be we'll be excited about yeah. it. Maybe I'll watch an NBA game before the playoffs. I, well, I ain't gonna go that far. But but you just what you know I, I don't get you know they're ultimately going to win with this CBA. Just let this thing play out in the courts. Take your win a year from now. Smugly walk away. I don't. What are we right. gaining from all this? It makes everybody Nothing. look ridiculous. In this well, it night. is ridiculous. And I own them in a bunch of fantasy leagues, and I'm probably seven keeper and, leagues too. Yeah, seven and two in a bunch of them. And if he stays in, I got a chance to win some titles. Not it, to diminish, you know, the the gravity of the situation, but that's really what I care about. And I just did a search on Twitter. There is a pud monkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to give him a follow now, Ring. Uh, no, he gets a locked account. So oh, he, you can't you know, even follow him. I don't even. Well, you can request that he follow. You tell him he's a celebrity now. He's uh, a minor internet celebrity thanks yeah, to Rick Yeah, he made it onto the asylum. <laughs> Joe, you're definitely. Speaking of celebrities, um, we have got to get Bernie Nichols back on. Oh, yeah, it's hockey um, season. You know, hockey season's in full swing. I like to talk about that real sports market again. You know, and, and I mean, you know, it's evolving. I've, I've, you know, dabbled a little bit in the real money in that too. Really, I've gotten and away from it. I need to get back to it. It's, it's a really cool. It's idea. more fun actually to me than fantasy football. Well, that's because you're two and seven in fantasy. Football. Yeah, only in caveman league. Yeah, you know, three and five in the other ones. I can't help you know that I've got. Uh, you know, I'm, I am in what six leagues, and I am. Below 502 of them, and they're the two. Well, the one is the one that I want to win. Right. And I have had. This has been a quagmire of bad luck this year. Usually, you start off like that and somehow piece together some awful team just good enough to backdoor your way into the playoffs and then suffer a heartbreaking first round playoff loss. But I don't have a bad team. And well, you didn't have a bad team. Still you have a bad, bad. team. Okay, right now I got Jarek McKinnon. That's good. Melvin Gordon. That's really good. Kirk Cousins or Josh McCowan. That's who my quarterbacks are that's, right now. I'm actually good. starting McCowan against Tampa this week. Okay. Okay. Fitzgerald was good. Yeah, that's not good now. It's it's not too good now. Um, Keenan Allen it hasn't been as good as we thought. Hasn't it been would as be. good as we thought. Still got the potential there. I think. Um, I got. Um, let me think. Oh, I got Jacksonville defense, of course, which is very good. Um, who else do I got? Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. I mean, you're two and seven. It's not the point. <laughs> what well, kind of is the point? Well, look at Lowe's team. Well, don't I can't explain that. He's one got five wins. Yeah, he's scored only more points than Tanelli in the entire league. <laughs> uh, Go this- figure. 
This is a guy. Our listeners love this, by the way. You just list <laughs> off your team and then start naming other people in the it's league. Great. They have no effing clue who they are. So go ahead. I enjoy that. Who cares about them? Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Here's a guy. I mean, call him a genius. He picks up Terrence Williams off the scrap heap, <laughs> who has had nothing but single digits since week one, and promptly goes out for 141 yards. Buck 40, and he wins the week. Yeah, you or I had him, he'd had two. He did the same thing with Marvin Jones in the last couple of yeah. weeks. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. All right, let's go on. I think it's because he's off Hey, the let's sauce. go um, takeaways, huh? Oh, yeah. All right, I'll start this show. All right. I got a takeaway from each division. Ooh, each division. Yeah. All right, then I'll get mine quick and let, let I'll let you take over on that one. We all knew how great he was, but I don't Thank think you. we had to. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, Rick just doesn't talk about me normally, but uh, go ahead. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyhow, I still don't think until last Monday night I grasped just the gravity of Aaron Rodgers' greatness. That Green Bay Packers football team is pathetic. They are pathetic in every aspect of the game, save for maybe, maybe the wide receiver position. That team was going to win 11 games and go to the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Right. With anybody else not named Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, that's a five-win team beginning of the year to end. That team is so bad and so pathetic. And everything they've ac- I've decided everything they've accomplished in the last four years is 100% him. 100% Aaron no Rodgers. It is unbelievable, that. Rick, when you watch them. Take the quarterback out of it. Just look at the offensive line. Look at the defense. That team is pathetic. They have no no running game whatsoever. And they were winning football games. They were in the driver's seat of that division. Aaron Rodgers, enough with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. Not right now. Well, not not at the moment, <laughs> but in, in I, this I moment in time. Yeah, you can't uh, – you just can't minimize the value of, of Aaron Rodgers to his team. There's no question about that. They are horrifying. And they're – they're going to be hard pressed. What are they? What are they right now? Four and four. Right. I don't think they win mistaken. another game unless Aaron Rodgers comes back this year. I, I I I may give them another one or two just out of sheer luck. You know, if I they mean, played any defense, you could make that argument. We we've seen you know not to not to make this a complete homer show, but we've seen this with the Steelers. Landry Jones is one step below you in terms of quarterback skill. But when Ben Roethlisberger inevitably misses his four games every year, they're in games and they sneak a win or two because of the defense, because of the running right. game. They don't have any of that in Green Bay. Every win they get is based solely upon the performance of the quarterback. That's why I think, honestly, they could go over for the rest of the way. It's possible. Because what other area steps up to help them win a game? Yeah, unless we see something in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see this team unravel. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about that. All right, so you got you got one for every division. I do. Thing. All right, I'm going to step back and, and soak in your brilliance here. The AFC South. I mean, I mean, they're quick takes. Houston's toast. Yeah, simple as that. I mean, let's not even. Their pass defense is horrible. Tom Savage is horrible. I mean, let's not uh, minimize. <laughs> there, there's the impact of a quarterback oh, on a team absolutely. right there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll never understand why Tom Savage is in the NFL. I don't want to pile on the kid. You know, I've met him. I like him. But I remember sitting at Pitt watching him 
and never once. Now, I'm not one of these draft nicks. I'm not a performance right. evaluator. I'm just a dumb, drunk fan is really what I am. But you know, even in college, as much football as we watch, you can look at a guy and say, that guy's got stuff for the next level. Never even dawned on me. I was stunned when he got said, you know, just stunned. It never dawned on me he'd be a pro quarterback. And now he's a starter for I right. mean, by default, but he went into the year as a starter. Don't know you don't even know how that ever happened. No, but I th- even with what we just said, I don't think Houston's as bad a shape as Green Bay because no, no. to their defense, Savage actually settled down a bit in the second half, and they were actually on a a, a drive to win the game at right. the end. So I mean, they were still in the game, albeit against blame, Indianapolis. I'm going to blame that last sequence when they got inside the ten yard line on play call. That was some terrible. Oh, play it was. Calling. It was horrible. It, bad holding call. I'll tell you one takeaway from your takeaway, yeah. Rick. I was in a panic. In an, in an absolute panic as a DeAndre Hopkins owner in the Caveman League. I think even with Tom Savage, oh. he's going to get hits. Well, let's we not saw, forget. He's may get it on three or four catches, but he's going to get hits. Let's not forget De- DeAndre went all in on Tom Savage right? in preseason. Well, yeah, you're I right. Mean, they, they're buds, man. I mean, so, yeah, I think he's he's he'll be fine fantasy-wise. Now, Will Fuller, we spent a lot of time on that one during Trick or Treat last week. Yeah. That one I worry about. You yeah. Know, because – same thing. He, he got his same requisite two or three catches, whatever he had last week, which he had every week even with Deshaun Watson. Right. But they're not going to have the scoring opportunities, obviously, that they had with Deshaun Watson. So now you're looking at a receiver who's catching two balls for 40 yards instead of for two balls and 40 yards and two touchdowns. That's a big difference. Unless they hope Lamar Miller can start piling up 35 carries a game and averaging four and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Then things could happen. You wonder if a guy with a skill set like Foreman, you know, we didn't see it. I almost half expected to see him get a lot more work last week just trying somebody. Because Lamar Miller isn't a guy you're putting out in pass patterns and getting the ball in space. He's he's your more traditional running back. You know, do you get a Foreman involved to try to move the ball? It's just something I'm curious about. I I think it's going to be interesting now that, you know, they've got a full week of practice under the belts and changing the game plan up. All right, AFC East. The Jets just might be the second-best team in that division. How do they keep doing this? They look like a good football team. I mean, they they put a spanking on the Bills last week, and, you know, hats off. I mean, because the gunpowder's still burning for for Josh McCowan because this guy has this team on his shoulders. He's playing well. They're playing well. They're playing pretty decent defense. Uh, Matt Forte seems to be back healthy. And, um, you know, they have some intensity on that team. Yeah, I mean, and Sean McVay's going to get it. I think Todd yeah. Bowles is a coach of the year in the NFL. I that think so team, right now. Universally, universally, and, and there would probably be people in that building that would have told you they'd be surprised if they won two games this year. They're playing well and they're winning games and they're competing in every game. Yeah. They, they, you don't see them getting blown out. You know, Robbie Anderson's becoming a thing. That'll be interesting to see exactly. if they get – you know, an actual you know, upper echelon quarterback, what that kid could be. That, kid, that team's going to be interesting to watch because good young players on defense. They made a big deal of it Thursday night last week. Tony Romo kept bringing it up. You know, two rookie safeties who look like all world. You know, this is this is looking like the Rex Ryan defense of the, the Chad Pennington Jets yeah. that were going to ASC title games. I mean, they're putting that type of defense together. Got some nice pieces on offense. I think you're a quarter, as well as McCown's playing, you're a quarterback away from that. Maybe finally a team in that division that can compete with New England 
four or five years down the road because Tom Brady's still going to be playing in four or five well, yeah. years. So. I think they need to draft a quarterback, and they probably need to draft a running back. Right. Um, but, yeah, the pieces are there. And and I really think they just might be the second-best team in that division. AFC North, I mean, I was going to say, look, Joe Flacco's lost, but I think that's well-known. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is allowing the sputtering offense to be enough. Right. I mean, that's that's the takeaway from, from the AFC North. Look, Cleveland's toast. Cincinnati's basically toast. There's nothing in Baltimore. Joe Flacco, look, I mean, he looks like he's staring off into sp- – you know, we, we talk about um, Eli with, with some of his – constipated looks and so forth. <laughs> Joe Flacco sometimes looks like he's um, just looking off into space and, and he's not even talking to anybody. He's just like, he's just there. Think about how he can get out of there alive. Maybe. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And finally, the AFC West. This thing ain't over yet. Look Kansas out. City's coming back to the pack. They're coming bit. back. Oakland's starting to play well. San Diego's still playing. Yeah. Los Angeles still playing well. And you know this this thing is not over yet. And I have to think the Chiefs they got they got obviously the bye they're this the favorite. Week. We yeah. know how Andy Reid is after the bye. I think this team goes on another roll coming out of that bye week. They're just the defense isn't good. That's what it boils down right. to, right? And what I'm concerned about there is what is week three since Kareem Hunt scored. Yeah, he, yeah. he's putting up. You know, in a PPR league, he's still an upper echelon running back, but he's not putting up those cartoon like numbers. He didn't maintain it. You know, after the first three weeks, exactly. Still a nice piece, but he's not. You know, he's not in that Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson category like we thought he was going to be after three weeks. It'll be interesting to see if they can get him going again. Yeah, it's going to be, but um, I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm not sure that they're going to. But uh, anyway, I, I just don't think this race is is over by any stretch. NFC East, and this is just kind of a almost like my observation. It's going to be interesting to see if the bye week's going to help or hinder Philadelphia. Pretty young team, really exceeding themselves. You know, you're going to step back and say, okay, let's take care of business, or you step back and say, wow, look where we're at. Do you know, Rick, the last time the Philadelphia Eagles didn't score 30 points in a game? No, I don't. Week 13 of last season. Nice. That's what kind of role that team's on offensively. Carson Wentz is the real deal. I still have I agree. This, I still have this belief, and it sounds stupid. That's why I'm going to be compelled to pick Dallas every game going forward unless Zeke Elliott actually gets sat down. I can't believe they're just going to run and hide with this. Say they're going to finish 14-2 and two and win this division by four games. But they may well be. And I, you know what? I'll tell you what. We saw last week in limited carries actually in the LeGarrette Blunt role when you have LeGarrette Blunt on the team. Ajayi. He comes out, he gets in the end. Right. After we told, you know, apologies from us, we told everybody to sit him down, especially last week. And really, we didn't know he was going to play until Saturday night. They were, Peterson was still playing coy with that. That's just another weapon. You know, I don't, still not a ton of fantasy value there, but that that's a different conversation. But you got weapons all up and down that offense. They're playing better defensively than we expected. How many weeks did we recommend? whatever quarterback and top wide receiver are going against the Eagles because that secondary is so banged up. But they're just finding ways to win games, play, do enough defensively, and they just go out and score 30 every week and beat you. It, it, it's, it's fun to watch. It really is. It is. And, um, you know, I actually think that it will probably benefit them. But I, I think it's just going to be interesting to see. 
Um, Dallas is playing well. And, you know, are the, is it going to be a tight race or, like you said, are they going to run on hot? Yeah, I I have to believe it gets within a couple of games. I I don't know that that just might be history. It may not be. I'm there's every chance you know, Carson Wentz goes out there and pilots that team to a fourteen and two. We've seen it in the past. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, what he go fifteen and one the, the rookie year with the Steelers. Exactly. You, we see young guys put teams like this on their back and roll through. You, I think Dallas makes it clear. It's not going to be Washington. Obviously not going to be the Giants. Washington's going to be fighting for 9-7. and seven. That's what Washington does, even you know, coming off a stunner in Seattle. But, but what, a, what a gutsy drive. Oh, and absolutely. what a some nice play to go down there and pull out a win like that to get to 4-4. Four and four. I mean, you and I both, both, we went bet against them last week. On the show, I didn't think they could go out to Seattle and beat Seattle. No. And, you know, they've got a, a, another tough one this week. I, I have to look at the Minnesota schedule. Yeah, Minnesota. In. So, you know, their schedule, they've already played the harder schedule in the league. Right, right. And they're beat up. But I mean that was just that was just a gutty win, and I tell you what, that's Kirk Cousins earning some money yeah, right for, there. Yeah, for any of those dopes in Washington, and there's still this clamoring, you know, that Kirk Cousins isn't a guy in Washington. Go ahead and run him out of town. He made his money. Good luck with with whatever dreck you bring in there, and Kirk Cousins. Because somebody will gladly is going pick to make Kirk going Cousins. to make somebody a contender. Now, if this not cat win. ain't Nick Foles, no, who had no. two good games. No. This guy is a solid. Long, you know, look, he does. He he's very Tony Romo like. You know, oftentimes makes that back-breaking turnover late in the game, and that may end up being his legacy. He's going to win you a lot of football games, and he's going to keep you in a lot of football. Yeah, I games. agree. All right, where are we at here? Oh, the NFC South. I, I unless some devastating injury to like a Drew Brees, something like that. I mean, this is this is New Orleans division, I think. They're playing solid defense. And let's not take nothing against Carolina. They got number one defense right now. They're on a pretty good run, but their offense is you can't trust so them. chaotic. Right. You just can't trust them. No. And, and and you know what? Cam Newton ain't Drew Brees. And I'm what I mean by that, athletically, he's ten times probably Drew oh, Brees. Right. But leadership wise, um and just making the clutch throws. I mean, unless something happens drastically, I mean, this is New Orleans. The story here is Atlanta. I don't think it's not going to get any better, is it, Rick? It's just, you know, when you watch that game last week and you see Julio Jones drop that ball, and look, anybody, even a guy by Julio Jones will never have an easier touchdown catch in his life. It just shows you that sometimes, sometimes, I don't believe in a lot of this stuff, sometimes that momentum gets building against you, right? And we saw it there. You just lay one right into Julio Jones' arms going into the end zone late in the game and what probably would have led to a win, and they don't make the play. The things just start to get away from you, and that's what we're seeing with Atlanta. I think they're, they're done. They're just, they're just oh, out. Oh, I do too. I mean, and if you look even just from a pure fantasy perspective, all these juicy gems on the Atlanta offense, you know right now Matt Ryan in, in, fantasy, you know, in fantasy scoring is – Less than one point ahead of Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> who who has been gone. I don't know how long. Two weeks now, anyhow. Right, three he, if you count the bye. I don't he's know behind Jacoby Brissett. He's behind Phil Rivers, Tyrod Taylor, Josh McCowan, David Carr. I mean, uh, he's behind everybody. He's probably around 
18th, 19th, 20th, something like that. In the yeah, he was the MVP this, of the league last exactly. year. Exactly. Okay. Um, NFC North. Minnesota's 6-2. and two. Bradford's on IR. Bridgewater's just coming back. He's healthy. And they have a top three defense. They've got two legitimate starting quarterbacks still, even with Bridgewater right. and Keenum. And they got a top three defense. That team's dangerous. They walk away with that division. I, I think it, it, it's over. I think so, too. In the NFC West, the Rams are the best team because the Seahawks can't protect Wilson. Yeah, and, and I think that's the key right there. Can the Rams maintain this? Is, is this I think who so. the Rams are? I think they're built to win. Todd Gurley, not only is he leading the league, I mean, uh, in, in fantasy scoring, which is what we're all about, he's a leading, right. he's a leading running back in PPR formats that we use that I look at. I don't even know what he is in standard. I like that would be interesting. But, um, you know, he's got 10 total touchdowns. He's got 29 catches, 338 yards receiving. Not an aspect of his game. <sighs> That's just, well, that not, was Jeff Fisher, right? Jeffrey Fisher refused to use him in that type of but role. He, but he has more receiving yards than Kareem Hunt. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the type of year that Todd Gurley's having. And um, – Sean McVay's just an offensive genius. Oh, genius. I think that's what we what Robert we take Woods away from that. and and um, Goff look great. Sammy Watkins is now real. There's a lot of rapport between Woods, Watkins, and Goff. And um, you know, with Todd Gurley there, they they basically can do whatever they want. Yeah, it. You know, in the defense, and we knew the defense was good and expected it to be good coming in. You know, right. if anything, actually not as good as I expected them to be in terms of shutting teams down from a yardage standpoint, but big plays, turnovers, getting the end zone a lot. And McVay's just an offensive genius, has completely gotten Jared Goff completely on, on track. I think, yeah, I'll be curious to see. You know, when, when they play each other again, what happens if it comes down to one game between L.A. and Seattle? Is L.A. ready to take that next step? But, but you're right. Right now, you know, we talk about the Panthers' offense. I think the Seattle offense is very similar. Sometimes they'll get out there and the game plan will hit and the offensive line will protect and they'll put up 35 yards. And now we're talking about Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin as top five in their position. And then other times you get what you got against – Washington last week, who half their defense was out. You know, these are backups. Right. These are guys off the street. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't protect. They still can't run the ball. And I, I think that doesn't get talked about enough. Here we go. We All that debate, Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls, Chris Carson, Joe, Bill, you know, any, anybody, nobody can run the football there. Is it the offensive line? Is it the running backs? Probably a combination of both. If you can't protect your QB and you can't run the football, this isn't a championship team. No, I agree. And, and every time Eddie Lacy comes back, he runs the football three times. He's hurt again. Yeah, now he's hurt. Exactly. And and I mean, this has been this has been plaguing them. Remember last year, Christine Michael was going to be the guy. He got hurt, thrown on an IR, I think, or just missed like quite a few weeks Carson breaks a leg Lacey's always hurt I mean they're always Rawls was hurt he's yeah. always hurt right I mean they can't find anybody who can stay on the field longer 20 minutes yeah so it, I agree crazy crazy I don't think anybody picked the Rams to win that division in the offseason when boy when are you gonna get your act 
That's for Jeff they Fisher have. is what that's for. <laughs> oh, the Rams Think he ever have. gets another job after seeing this? No. What what Sean McVay's doing with basically his team? We bring in Sammy Watkins, but let's be honest. How much of a Todd Gurley was hideous under right. Jeff. How much of a contribution yeah. is he really made? He wouldn't even start Jared Goff when he come in. Jared Goff looked pathetic. Then week one this year, all of a sudden, Jared Goff's a top 10 quarterback, and Jeff Fisher never works again. Yeah, I agree. All right, Rick, let's get to it. It is time for your game ball for last week. I have, I was really tossing it up in the air, but I'm going to have to go T.Y. Hilton. Uh, five catches, a buck 75, and two touchdowns in an immensely huge win that they needed over a division rival. Look, they're probably out of the playoffs and even the division picture anyway, but, you know, it just showed that they had – they still have some heart to play. Right. And um, I'm going to tell you what, T.Y. Hilton looked good. As a recent T.Y. Hilton owner in the K, the K-Man League is getting a lot of run on this show, Rick. And, well, it should. He makes, It is the premier fantasy football league is. in the nation. It is, absolutely. And people clamoring to get in. And yeah. It's, it's very exclusive. As, if you ever get a chance to meet some of these guys, you'll understand why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Here's what makes me nervous about T.Y. Hilton. 175 yards, two touchdowns. That's, as an owner of his, that's twisting your pants over your head territory. Here's what makes me nervous. Five catches. Oh, yeah. Because there's plenty of two-catch, 18-yard performances come from T.Y. He almost has to make these big plays. He does a lot of it on his own, right? He catches the ball. like That, that crazy play on that second touchdown where everybody – I don't know how the referees didn't blow the whistle. It, everything I saw showed him get t- – I'll never understand that play, how he got back up after essentially being tackled and running in and them giving him the touchdown. Yeah. But he has to make plays like that to put up big fantasy numbers. So, for one week, clearly deserving of the game ball. But he does make – you a little bit nervous. I agree. I mean, I'm looking at um, at fantasy scoring. DeAndre Hopkins leading the league, 51 catches, 692 yards, eight touchdowns. Second, Antonio Brown, 57 catches, 835 and three. Um, Tyreek Hill is actually um, third, um, 40 catches, a bit low, 617 yards, four touchdowns. Um, and he has a receiving touchdown as well. Hilton is actually fourth. That's he's got, stunning. He's got 34 catches. That exists. 702 yards, three touchdowns. He's making so many big plays. So that that's stunning from a scoring standpoint, but you talk about loading it up in a couple of weeks, right? That's where he makes you nervous, a guy who could cost you a playoff game. At, at the end, when you look at the average, he's Maurice Jones-Drew is who he is. I used to scream about that with Maurice Jones-Drew every year. Oh, I know. Exactly. All right, my game ball goes to Rick. This is a guy I don't think we've spent any time talking about, and shame on us. But how about Alvin Kamara, Rick? 150 total yards, two touchdowns. He's become an absolute force in that offense. Oh, yeah, he was my other guy And you want to talk about addition by subtraction. My other finalists were T.Y. Hilton and the guy who, when we talk about addition by subtraction, Adrian Peterson, a buck 59. 37 carries. That's just crazy. But a buck 59. You put him in a better situation. Mark Ingram's been better. I think Mark Ingram got a game ball two or three weeks ago. Kamara, he he's kind of a forgotten piece in all this. He's just he's running the ball. He's getting the ball down around the goal line. He's catching the ball. He's like the perfect Saints running back the way they play offense. Yeah. This kid is an absolute stud, and I think we see a lot of stat lines like this the rest of the way. Oh, I do too. I mean, this could be the next uh Oh, 
what was his name? Gee whiz, now the name just forgot. Late nineties, Saints. He was he was ridiculous. Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley. Yeah, Deuce Staley. Was it? Yeah, yeah, Deuce Staley. Okay. Yeah, I mean, or he, no, 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 no. Deuce McAllister. McAllister. That's why Deuce I knew Staley that was in Philly. Eagles, right? Yeah. Yeah, Deuce McAllister. I mean, he could be that guy, right? Yeah, and for Darren few, Sproles, for that matter. For, yeah, Darren Sproles. He as might well. be more of a Darren Sproles in that Saints offense. That's true, but I, I agree with you. You're going to see those kind of stats, no doubt. All right, time for. Just not like yours. Wait, what you have to do, Rick? Try it again. Right. We'll just do this right on air. Cause yes. see how much louder it is. You have to let mine time out when we run them at the same time. Oh. Yours, yours is getting compressed down. Well, I don't like that. We're doing a lot of behind the scenes. Do on not the show compress today. my stink. Well, I can't help it. You got to let my machine go. Speaking I, of stink. Oh yes, yeah, stink. Now this guy got. Not only a sock, he got a pair of socks. Oh, both. That's not good when you get both. One stuffed with rotten onions and rotten meat that have been buried in a tropical forest at Ooh. 90 degrees or higher for three weeks. That's not good. Stuffed in another sock full of dead cattle dung <laughs> with maggots. Is dung from a dead uh, cattle worse than one from a live cow? I would think. Okay. Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> That's a little personal for you, Rick. 11 carries, 21 yards, and we lose two fumbles to boot. Yeah, that's not this, good. This that's is, this is your chance to shine. You finally got the end zone last week. You know, I, he's going to expand his workload a little bit. He looked like a bum. <laughs> you coughed it up. He's going to keep getting the ball. McCaffrey can't run. They can't run the ball outside of Cam Newton, right? I mean, Christian McCaffrey in PPR leagues is living up to a little bit of the hype, but he can't run the football. Jonathan Stewart can't run the football. And that's why they're not going to win the division. Well, exactly. Even with that defense. And that's what it comes down to. For me, Rick, i got to throw one out. I don't have a good background story for this one. I feel like he's come up the last couple weeks. It's official. C.J. Anderson. Oh, yeah. Third. Rushing yards. Let, let me tell you this. Not only can you not be playing CJ Anderson, which we told you this a month ago when he was, you know, putting about about 50 yards and everybody's waiting to see which direction he goes. Not only can you not play him, you can't roster him anymore. He is droppable. They, they've said now, Booker, I don't know, Booker stinks too, as far as I'm Your concerned. Your run game stinks. But he's going to get the bulk of the workload. Jamal Charles are working him more and more in. CJ Anderson, he's droppable at this point. You certainly can't put him in a lineup. No. And I mean, look, this team is falling fast they have no offense and their defense certainly isn't as vaunted as everybody thought it was going to be no no it's it's a bad team i guess first of all and let's not uh, forget aj green and his pathetic uh one (laughs) catch for six yards and his you know behind the back tackle of of jalen ramsey i thought that was just that's rookie crap yeah Uh, you know you let somebody like that get under your your head exactly Yeah, yeah, he called you soft. Well, why don't you beat him, and not literally, but beat him on the field yeah. for a touchdown? Yeah, and what I'll do, I'll give you a 15-yard touchdown, a penalty. After you score the touchdown, turn around to him and throw the ball in his face. I'll be all right with that. I'll laugh if you do that. And, and I'll tell you what, another suggestion, you know, and A.J. Green shouldn't take a lot of advice from me. You know, he's, believe it or not, been a little more successful in life than I I don't know about that. 
I mean, just because he's the number one receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals, right. I mean, he's not on the. He's never been on the asylum. That's true. That's true. But so, we might have. But if I could give him a little bit of advice, and if he Andy was, Russell has, that's true. You know, George the Animal. George Steel. the Animal Steel. Bernie Nichols has. Yeah, so. I mean, those Ky- are your Kyle Turley has. Johnny Reed Foley oh, I has. I forgot about Kyle Turley. That was yeah. a good interview. Might have to dig that one exactly. up. That was a good one. So I mean, you know, I I dare to disagree with yeah, you. Right. I don't think he is as well, successful right. as us. So he's been pretty successful though. So if I can offer a little bit of advice to AJ Green, when you make a living with your hands. Let's not punch people in the head who are wearing a helmet. Let's <laughs> yeah. not do that. All right. I, yeah. Pull the helmet off and punch him in the face. I'm all right with. You know, do some Muay Thai nonsense on the. You look like a fool, but whatever. But if you're going to fight, do when you make a living with your hands, don't punch helmeted people in the head. And Come you know, on. you know another thing about that. It, it just further. I watched that entire game, at Jacksonville Cincinnati game. Cincinnati is the dirtiest team in football, by far. Oh, Burfick belongs in prison as uh, far as I'm concerned. And, I mean, I just saw so many things. Marquise Lee going out of bounds, had his helmet ripped off, I mean, by the face mask. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just – that's just uncalled for stuff. And, and it's very – and it's not like it's, you know, won a game or something. I mean, this is just commonplace with these guys. Yeah, it, it's what – what was it, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, it cost them a playoff game. Yeah, it did. Yeah, they're, they're on the verge of winning a playoff game, and you start this nonsense, take 30 yards worth of penalties, and give up a game-winning field goal to steal it. You know, why Marvin Lewis wasn't fired right there? He's got no control over this team whatsoever. And who was coming on the field during the A.J. Green incident? Your boy. My boy. Oh, Yeah. Who? Pac-Man. Well, yes, sir. Oh, of course. And and somebody actually convinced him to go back onto the <laughs> sideline, but he was coming. Oh, he'd have loved to swing his helmet around and start knocking fools out. Yeah, it's just no control whatsoever on that team. All right, Rick, let's get keep moving here. Time for a brief rendition of... I play it just so we can even skip the game. I just like to play that once a week where I can. All right, Rick, these two fools end up in this game every single week. Rest of the season, pick your poison. Martavis Bryant, Amari Cooper. Oh, Amari Cooper. Not well, even You say that like it. it's obvious. No, it is obvious. But you think Martavis Bryant is going to all of a sudden waltz onto the field and become Mr. Significant after what Juju Smith-Schuster's been doing, Antonio Brown there? Amari Cooper is still, at worst, a number two guy in Oakland. And yeah, but he can't catch the football. I'm telling you. I'll I mean, say not this. Not even close. I'll say, this is probably, really the answer is none. I, I want no part of it. Well, Amari. I know, but you didn't give me that choice. The, the, you know, the aberration was that 200-yard game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we all got excited about him again. If you watched him this week, just dropping balls, terrible routes. You know, I don't even know anything about route trees, and I could tell he was running terrible routes. It's something, Something's off there. I don't know what it is. You know, Martavis Bryant, he's going to do nothing this week. I just have a feeling, Rick, if, and this, this is a big if, this is a giant if, you know, this is a six-foot-tall if, if this one game off, you know, it wasn't actually a suspension, but let's be honest, that's what it was. If this suspension has – you know, reined him in a little bit, calmed him down. You have to think, you know, we know Antonio Brown's what Antonio Brown is. He's going to draw a lot of attention. 
And now we've seen what Juju Smith-Schuster does when he becomes a focus, more of the focus on the offense. And you're going to have to account for him even more coming out of that slot. There's going to be opportunities and plenty of them for a guy like Martavis Bryant. If his head's right, if Ben Roethlisberger can find his accuracy, which that may be a big if at this point too. He just doesn't seem like the same quarterback deep down the field. I think there could be some plays out there, and there could be some games and some matchups for Martavis Bryant where he does become relevant, not only to the Steelers, but from a fantasy perspective. You told me to pick my poison. I think, I mean, to me, it's Marta, or, um, Amari Cooper every time, the whole way out through 2017. All right. Well, we'll, we'll stick with the Steelers theme, Rick. Rest of the way, pick your poison. Ben Roethlisberger, Blake Bortles. Ooh. You got to go, Ben. Uh, I mean, it's. Bortles back to back 300 yard game, quietly, even, not turning the ball over. I, th- I think it's been for this reason. In a normal circumstance, normal scheduling, I might I might lean Bortles. I don't know if I'm just trying to be a contrarian or, or bombastic. I'm not sure. But Ben Roethlisberger, for whatever reason, after this game in, since, or in, in Indianapolis week, they play five of the last seven at home. Yeah. And we know in rotten weather at Heinz Field, Ben Roethlisberger's at his best. So I'm going to trust – coming off this bye, they get it all worked out. And as I believe, you disagree, but whatever, Martavis Bryant gets it rolling again. We found something in Smith-Schuster. You've got Antonio Brown. You've got Le'Veon Bell. It probably is Ben Roethlisberger, but I think this is closer than you might think at first blush. Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, and, you know, Ben has 400 y- more yards passing than Blake Bortles does. They both have 10 touchdowns. You know, Ben has nine picks to Bortles five, but let's not forget Roethlisberger threw five of those in one game. Right. And so, I mean, they've basically had had the same season. They both have good defenses. They both have good running games. I don't think you're going wrong, really. There's not much of a separation. No, if this is your choice, probably Ben just because he's done it and been there yeah. before and, and quite frankly, still has better weapons. Yeah, and those five home games loom large exactly. for, for a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. All right, Rick, rest of the way, let's jump down. I, I want to get moving here. Two more. Rest of the way, I know where you're going with this one, but Larry Fitzgerald or Will Fuller? I'm still going to have to go Fitzgerald. Probably. Uh, he, he's the guy – and, and and one thing about Fitzgerald is is when Stanton Stanton was starting, Fitzgerald was there. They've got some chemistry. They have worked together. He's actually had a few big games with Drew Stanton passing to him. So, yeah, I mean, if I had to put my money on, I'd still go with Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, what I'm looking here for guys in like very similar situations, right? And they both right. they both lose their quarterback. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, he's going to disappear at times. My fear is we talked about this earlier on when we were talking about Tom Savage. We know who Will Fuller is, quite frankly, regardless of the quarterback. He's a two- or three-catch guy. The difference is with Deshaun Watson, they were in the end zone. These scoring opportunities are so diminished in Houston right now, and DeAndre Hopkins is – 
so much higher on the priority list of any right. quarterback, especially Tom Savage, as we talked about the rapport they have. It's going to be tough sledding for both of them, but I think your ceiling is way, way higher on a Larry Fitzgerald. I agree. All right, last one, Rick. Rest of the way, pick your poison. Kelvin Benjamin or Devin Funches? Funches. I think it is. I, I really do. Yeah, five uh, catches last. I think that's what we're going to get from him every single week. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody left to throw it to in Carolina. Let's face it. There isn't any other than Christian McCaffrey. Right. Uh, Greg Olson's gone. Calvin Benjamin's gone. It, it's Devin Funches. And we all know that Cam Newton's not a 300-yard guy. He's gonna, he'd rather run it than pass it because he likes being Superman. But if he's going to throw it, He's going to be catching a lot of the balls down the field, so I'm going Funches. Yeah, I think Benjamin may have a game or two where he really pops off in Buffalo, but that's just not who they are. You know, even at the peak of Sammy Watkins when he was healthy with Buffalo, you know, it looked I'm doing like the roller coaster thing yeah. with my arms now. You're not the best thing in an audio medium, I grant you. But he'd have these huge weeks and then crater down for nothing for a week or two. I, that might be a Tyrod Taylor thing. I don't know what it is. It's just a Buffalo thing. You know, you brought up you talked a lot about the Scott Fishbowl, Rick, earlier in the show. I actually saw a tweet from Scott earlier this week that I thought was was really telling. And it was really interesting when you thought about it. It basically said, when you look at the Carolina Panthers, their best running back is a quarterback, their best wide receiver is a running back, and their best tight end is a wide receiver. That Because that's basically what Devin Funches is. He's almost in that tight end role, right? right. And it's really telling how screwed up that offense is. And that's absolutely true. He, he completely nailed it on that one. And that's why I like Funches. He's a nice third wide receiver, maybe a flex play in a PPR. We talked about it last week after the trade was made. I think he's guaranteed five, six, seven catches a game just by default, right? I, you're not going to take him out. They're going to find way. Because who else are you going to throw it to? Right. He's got to throw it to some eventually and um yeah so i mean i think funches is the guy this year in that pick your poison all right rick let's move on start sit i don't know how much time i spent on this again all the bye weeks all the injuries this is almost rendered mood anybody one way or the other you feel particularly compelled to talk about yeah i think uh, i think uh, a great start this week is josh mccown against tampa bay tampa bay i think is like second or third and giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks and this guy is I don't know, he's like in the top four over the last month in fantasy scoring. So I think he's a great start. Yeah, the, the one I have is a guy actually just traded away back to the Caveman League, is Orleans Darkwell this week against the 49ers. They, Giants have no offensive weapons. The 49ers are pathetic. I think there's going to be some opportunities, probably you know, 15, 20 rushing attempts for Darkwell. I think he could find his way into the end zone, have one of those 65-yard, one-touchdown type of Which would be magnificent for a giant running yeah. back. Oh, they, they might put a statue. There might be a statue yeah. outside of the – the stadium when he gets back. I wonder if Tiki Barber's had a call yet. I call Tiki. Yeah, I mean he'll fumble it a lot, but he'll he'll put up. Well, some you yards. know they they rectified that they situation did. the last you know five or six yeah. years of his. Con- Forget about his- how good he was at the end. Anyway, he is in the I'm, Asylum Fantasy Football Hall of I, Fame. That's true. We haven't done that in a couple of years. We need to when this. Well, we haven't. Over. We just haven't done it officially. We got to get that back up. Yeah, yeah. We need to get the class in there. Well, yeah, really. Studios coming apart. You can tell I'm doing a show as they start right. riding horses upstairs in the studio. I tell you another good start this week. If you're if you're into um, you know the defense and special teams, the Bears D against Green Bay. 
<laughs> I mean, I you know they they stop the run really well, and I just don't think that there's a pass game there to beat them. And they're probably he you know Hunley's probably right for a couple of picks. You would think so. so I mean, I think that's a great if you're in a one of these situations. I don't know. Maybe you have the Baltimore defense or the Philly defense might be a great defense yeah. to start. Yeah, I think good stream and one that should be out there. You should be able to get your hands on. All right, like that. Let's try that again. All right, Rick. Let's get to the game picks. I think I gave a few back last week, Rick. The the train is stuck at the station. Yeah, as a matter of fact, this um, year I went below five hundred for a week. You were six and seven. I was nine and four. The season tally right now is Flieger, eighty two and forty eight. Briggs eighty and fifty. And footsteps are behind you, boy. (laughs) I'm not scared. Uh, don't forget bye weeks this week. Ravens, Chiefs, Raiders, Eagles will start out Thursday night football, Rick, as your boy Drew Stanton and the Cardinals host the Seahawks. Yeah, and, you know, I, I really like the Cardinals going into this year. In fact, when we were doing our predictions, we were both thinking, well, you know, Seattle and Arizona, they're going to be within a game of each other. Well, they might be, but not what we were talking about <laughs> on top of the division. I – Look, I think Arizona can get after Russell Wilson, but, you know, Carson Palmer's not in there. I I think when it's all said and done, even though they're in Arizona, I think Seattle's going to beat them 27-17. Yeah, bottom line, I don't know how the Cardinals score. You know, you worry about that team going up. Peterson, if they can get a run game going. You you don't. You don't feel good about that game with Carson Palmer starting at quarterback. You sure as hell don't feel good about it with Drew Stanton starting. So I think this is a walk away, another Thursday night snoozer. I might rewatch the Ric Flair 30 for 30 as the Seahawks win 33-13. Game you just mentioned, Rick, is the Bears host the Packers. Yeah, as lame as the Chicago offense is, their defense is pretty doggone good. And Green Bay's offense is lame too, and their defense isn't very good. So I'm giving a nod to Chicago, twenty to seventeen. Yeah, well, it was really illuminating to me. Maybe you just never noticed because you spend so much time watching Aaron Rodgers how bad that Packers defense is. What we saw Monday night against the Lions, I think this is actually a good week for somebody like Tarek Cohen. You know, Trubisky. You know, if you're in real dire straits in a two QB league. Yeah, I think you see him throw a couple of touchdown passes this week, a possible big play for a guy like Cohen. Bears play everybody close. I think this is a team just lame enough to use your words that, that they can find a way to sneak past, and I got the Bears 20-17. to 17. Lions coming off that win, trying to stay in the division with the Vikings, hosting your Browns, Cleve Brownies, your boys. Yes, sir. Your I, favorite team. Yeah, my favorite team. Uh yeah, Detroit's really in the division hunt. Cleveland's, you know, I gave you a mission possible a couple of weeks ago if they're ever going to win a game. You said it was going to be Jacksonville, so obviously you have Detroit. I got Detroit. They're a better team. I'm going Detroit 34, Cleveland 20. Yeah, I'm, I'm done just trying to find which of the one game them or San Francisco's going to win. I'm just I'm done with that. Lions 30-17. Colts, Rick, hosting the Steelers coming off the bye. Yeah, the Colts showed a lot of guts last week uh, with that win over Houston. But, you know, Pittsburgh coming off the bye. A lot of teams come off a bye, and they come out and just smoke people. You know, Pittsburgh, they can be asleep at the wheel sometimes. Right. Um, 
But I, I'm still going Pittsburgh by a touchdown, 30-23. to 23. Yeah, I think it's going to be unnecessarily close. It usually just, is with I, Pittsburgh. I have that feeling. I think they find a way, late touchdown, win this thing by 10-27-17. All right, the Jaguars, they, they screwed up the every-other-week scenario last week, and they do it three in a row this week as they host the L.A. Chargers. You know, I have a feeling this game is going to start off, Rick, just almost like um, – Kind of like a slobber knocker, you know, four nets back, the defenses. You know, San Diego's not a dominant defense, but they're pretty good. And, and it's going to look like a real slugfest to start with. But I think it gets opened up later on in the second half. I'm going for a mild upset. I'm going Chargers 31, Jacksonville 28. I kicked that one around, Rick. I just, you know how I feel about the Jags just every other week. I think now that team has an identity. And they have they beat you up, right? And frankly, they have a division title fully in sight now. It's not a pipe dream of that team. It's right there for the taking. You know, hopefully Leonard Fournette shows up to get his picture taken on time this week (laughs) or whatever all that crap was. And this comes down to Fournette versus Gurley or Gurley, yeah, or Melvin Gordon, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Maybe Melvin Gordon will show up too. Jim Brown and Barry Sanders. I'll just name running back. (laughs) Comes down to those two and the defenses. uh, You know, I think the running backs are a wash. I think the Jaguars' defense is just that much better. Going to be really hard for Phillip Rivers to move the ball, plus the whole West Coast to the East thing. I think we'll, I'll give Jacksonville the edge here, although I feel like I'm going to regret it. 23-20. to 20. Bills hosting the suddenly unbeatable Saints. Yeah, this is one that I was really tossing around. and But I tell you what, New Orleans defense, it hasn't quit playing defense. Right. And – and and that's that's a real key. Buffalo, you know, I, I'm starting to get the feeling, Rick, and I may be – you know, and one thing that I was really kicking around is Drew Brees doesn't play good in cold, cool weather. Right. It's going to be in the 40s in Buffalo. That's not 25 and snowing, granted. But it, it was enough to have me take notice. But I'm starting to get the feeling that Buffalo is <sighs> Buffalo of the past. But they are who we thought they exactly. were. Exactly. And we let them off the hook. And I'm going New Orleans 27, Buffalo 22. I'll tell you what, Rick, it's funny you say it. This is the one game really gave me pause, and I went back and forth on it. I got burned on this last week. I'm going to say the exact same thing I said last week. The Saints are better than I thought they, they were, and they're probably going to win that division, and they're going to go to the playoffs. It just is this a seven, eight, nine, ten win in a row team? And I'm not even going to disparage the defense anymore. I think you nailed it. You know, yeah, it's going to be 40 degrees. It's it's not going to be 25 in snow, but 40 degrees in Buffalo is like 15 anywhere else if you've ever been up there. I think this game is just that close, and New Orleans is going to lose a few games here and there. This would be a good one for them to lose. I'm going to take the Bills at home here by a field goal, 24-21. I'm just about that action, boss. If Marshawn was around, maybe he could make a little bit of difference, but he won't be there. All right, the reeling Tampa Bay Bucks and Ryan Fitzpatrick host the Jets, who've got a lot of love on this show today. Well, I tell you what, the Jets deserve what what they've done. They've won four more games. Than I thought they were going to win this exactly. year, <laughs> and already. I mean, we're only in Week Ten. But, uh, no, I think the Jets are playing well. Tampa Bay is playing horrible. They don't have a run game, and their defense isn't very good. I am going Jets 30, Tampa Bay 17. Yeah, I'm right with you. No Mike Evans, no Jameis Winston. Plus, they just haven't been that good when they're fully stocked. 
I think the, here we go again with the Jets. I got them 27-17. Redskins, Rick, coming off that shocker out in Seattle, hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and I this difficult schedule, I think, catches up to you after a while when you have as many beat-up people as the Redskins do. And, by the way, it is Minnesota coming in. It's not Indianapolis. I'm going Minnesota. I think it's a great game. In fact, I hope I can watch it. Yeah, but uh, I'm going Minnesota by field goal, 27-24. I kicked this one around a little bit. I don't know why. I just got a gut feeling about this Redskins team that a win like that on the road, and then you get to come home. But granted, against a really tough opponent and an as good, if not better, defense coming in. I think what Kirk Cousins did in that last drive has a little bit of carryover for him in that offense. I think this turns into a shootout because they don't have anybody on defense. But I think there's just something in Kirk Cousins right now. So I got the Redskins by a field goal, 30-27. to 27. Would not surprise me. It's going to be a dandy game. This yeah. is one I'm going to pay attention exactly. to. Exactly. All right, Rick, the Titans can't, get, can't quite put my finger on exactly who the Tennessee Titans are right now. Host your, your now favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, it, it, here's Cincinnati, or Cincinnati, Tennessee quietly. What are they, 6-3? and three? Something Tied like for the division lead or something like that? Let me look at the standings here. I can't, I, you know, with all these buys, I forget who's played how many. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, they're 5-3, and three, tied with Jacksonville for the lead. I mean, they've won three in a row. Very nonchalant, nobody really paying a whole lot of attention to it. It's never been pretty. No, but they're winning games. And I think Cincinnati is just what they need. Um, look, they're a mess right now. They don't have any identity on that team other other than being dirty. Right. I, I mean, I, I hate to say that, but, I mean, that's basically their game. You don't know who the running backs are. A.J. Green's ineffective. There's no other receiver on that team doing squat. And, and Andy Dalton, quite frankly, half the time looks lost. Yeah. And 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 you hit it earlier in the show. There's no control. Marvin Lewis has no control None. over that team. There, and it's, so why would you expect them to be very cohesive? But I like Tennessee twenty-eight, Cincinnati twenty. Yeah, I think it's ugly. I got Tennessee here. I think it's ugly. That's what Tennessee does. They just sort of grind grind these games down into the mud. They're not pretty. They're no fun to watch. Cincinnati, not that good. I've got tightened by one here, 22-21. I think it's just a real ugly one. All right, Rick, we talked a lot about the Rams and what they're doing, surprisingly, as they host the Houston Texans. And I think Savage in the Yeah, I I just don't think this game's going to be much to watch. I I think Houston, with with their uh, secondary problems, I think the Rams are going to be on them and on them quick. And then if it gets into a shootout, you know what's going to happen. I'm going Rams 34, Houston 14. All I could think about when I looked at this game was how cool would it have been to see Jared Goff and Deshaun Watson go head-to-head. Oh, yeah. And if J.J. Watt was out there, J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald. Exactly. Either this could have been such a cool game if it weren't for all right. the injuries in Houston. As it sits, yeah, it's not even close. Rams, I think they go over 30 again, and it's 34-17. This, boy, this one looked a lot better a few weeks ago, Rick. Now it's hard to see what to make of. We don't know what's going on with Zeke Elliott as Dallas travels east, takes on the Falcons. Yeah, I still think this is going to be a good game, and it's probably closer than uh, you know Zeke played, obviously. But um, I think Dallas is playing well. They, uh, their defense is playing good, and 
we hit on Atlanta earlier. They just they're not in sync. They're it's like a it's almost like a transmission missing a tooth. Right. You know, I mean they're just all oh, some herky jerky. It's just not running right. I like Dallas twenty seven, Atlanta twenty three. I tried a hundred ways, Rick, to come up with a reason Atlanta wins this game. Just because you look at the talent on that team, you think they gotta get better and they gotta find a way to get themselves on a roll here. But just as you watch them, it's just not happening. No. I don't think it's gonna happen. Dallas is desperately, desperately trying to keep Philadelphia in sight you know, with a big game coming up two weeks right. you now. They they have to do it. I think that Desperation's the difference. And the guy got the Cowboys 29-23. Boy, another dandy rig. This one I <laughs> this got the, the DVR one. set. Oh, man. So I, I can't can, wait. I can watch it twice as the 49ers host the Giants. I can't wait. Uh, this this has all the the makings of a, of a classic. <laughs> We have a. We Remember have, when these two teams used to play classics? Yeah, we no, have one no win more. between the two. Right, and, and there's going to be two wins coming out of this thing. But I tell you what, I looked over the schedule, and this is my upset special of the week. I think finally San Francisco gets it done. I, I, I think McAdoo's out of New York. I think the front office is swept out. I think they're already got the janitor with the broom in there. <laughs> This this is a total disaster of a team. It is awful. The defense is awful. The offense is awful. There's nothing good going on with the Giants right now. I'm going San Francisco 24, New York 23. I don't even think it's an upset, Rick. I've got 49ers in this one. I, I think you're giving the game way too much credit with that score. I think it's 12-9 49ers. And quite frankly, I don't even think that's an upset. I really don't. That's how bad the Giants are. All right, Sunday night football. It sure looked good to NBC when they scheduled it. Not so much anymore as your boy, Brock Osweiler, and the Broncos host the Patriots and Bill Belichick coming off a bye. Say no more. There's Brock Osweiler versus Tom Brady. <laughs> right. New England 35, Denver 20. Yeah, 23-12. I'm going to hold New England to 23. You like 12 tonight, 12, don't you? 12's a big number for me. And I just think Denver – that defense has to have some pride and has to be embarrassed after Carson Wentz, what he did to them last week. I think they knuckled down, make life a little bit uncomfortable for Tom Brady, but they have nothing offensively even to make a game out of this one. And Monday Night Football, please, if any network executive is out there, can explain to me why the Dolphins have been in three straight prime time games. I would love to hear it. We'll stop what we're doing and take your call on the show. Monday Night Football is the Panthers host the Dolphins. This is one. Do you remember last year when Jay Cutler came onto the field? He was off or whatever, and he came back. It was on Monday night, I think. They beat Minnesota or Green Bay or somebody, and Jay Cutler looked phenomenal. And he's pumping his fists, and he's running around. And then the next week they laid an egg for you know with about sixty eight yards and and they got whipped. I, I can see that happening again, but I actually think this Miami team is better than with Cutler obviously than with Matt Moore. And Carolina's offense is, is so disjointed. I think this is going to be a close game. I'm going Carolina twenty four, Miami twenty one. 
Yeah, this comes down to the defense. Yeah, that Carolina offense is a mess, but they're still playing a pretty good brand of defense. It's still Jay Cutler. What I would do is go three three uh, quarters. If Jay Cutler can keep the thing closed for three quarters, bring Matt Moore in in the fourth because that's all he can do is come in late in the game in relief and find a way to win a game. That's what I would do here. But I got the Panthers 30-16. to 16. I should have thrown another 12 out there. All right, Rick, it is that time again, my favorite segment of the week. You've got mail. Mailbag time. Yes, and we have the first question. Carson Wentz on a bye. Yeah, I'm in that boat a few leagues. Cutler or Eli? <laughs> There's every chance. They're threatening to bench him. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, I've I got Mitch Trubisky starting in a in a deeper league <laughs> in in want of Carson Wentz this week, so I won't For the for the simple fact that you have Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker, it's gotta be Cutler, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I don't like the defensive matchup. Eli's matchup's a lot better. But that team's come unglued. McAdoo, rather than taking any blame for it all, his solution is he's gonna threaten to bench Eli. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just completely coming unglued. They might sit Eli down, he might tell him you're finished and go out there and half ass. Yeah, this is Cutler. It, yeah. it is. I and, don't like McAdoo's, it. you know, upbeat um. <laughs> I, I mean, what a loser! I mean, yeah. he's just a loser. Yeah, and that's me now, calling somebody see, a loser. Um, and I mean, I just thought this was, you know, yeah, maybe it was old school. But when Penn State lost that game to Michigan State, oh, yeah. he's chasing the player that you ain't going to the locker right. room. You're going to stand out there with some class yeah. and your head held up, and you're going to shake that guy's hand. He's cert- James Franklin's certifiably nuts, but but he's a good coach. He's a whale of a football coach. Yeah. And and I mean I think that is, I mean let's face it if if you get if you can win with your head up, you can lose with it up. Right, right. You don't go pouting into the locker room. Yeah, maybe, maybe somebody had that conversation with Cam Newton while they're exactly. At it. Yeah, maybe I mean, maybe James yeah. Franklin there as well. I agree. Okay, um, who would you start in PPR? Abdullah versus the Browns. No. Or Rob Kelly versus Minnesota. Ooh, don't like the matchup. Abdullah's so bad. Uh, the answer to almost anybody in Abdullah is the other guy. He had a great game last week till he started throwing it around yeah. like jo- Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Rob Kelly. You're hoping he get. I don't know. He's not going to have more than 25 yards, and you're just hoping he gets <laughs> in the end zone, right? Basically, this is Abdullah, isn't it? I think it just is in PPR. Sheer, if it's standard touches, yeah. I mean, if it's standard, it's obviously right. Re- Right, which is a tough run defense. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's Amir Abdullah. Gross. Can we end the show now? I can't believe you made me do that. Gross. Exactly. Ugh. Gross. Okay, I yeah, I threw this one out here because I think it's just uh, – I mean, if, if you're asking this question, I, I, I just don't – Andy Dalton or Josh McCowan? Yeah, this must be another Carson Wentz owner, right? But I – to me, I mean, but it's, it's a not stupid even close. Question. Yeah, it's people don't want to believe Rick that McCown's doing what he's doing. Right? They they, they don't want to believe it. The Jets have uh, who they have this week, Rick. The Jets are playing. Jets. I just went blank on it. It's a good matchup. I, I had thought. to pull the schedule up again here. 
Playing the Bucks. Yes. Yes, Tampa they're at Bay, Tampa right. Bay. Yes, yeah, so this is easily McCown. And yeah. Cincinnati's at Tennessee. Yeah. That's not the best defense in the world, but certainly not the worst. Yeah, I know. We might not be far away from A.J. McCarron. There's a big clamor in Cincinnati. I, you wonder how much of it is sentimental BS after the botched trade attempt. But there, there's a push. How much for sentimentality can they have when when he never plays? Right. I don't. There's just <laughs> this thing's coming undone. You know, there, there's rumors they may want to get McCarron some time, cut Dalton at the end of the year because this is the point of the contract where there won't be a cap hit if they cut him. So that possibility always. But anyhow, that this could is be McCown. the happiest quarterback in the league. Oh, he'll he'll do cartwheels all the way to Cleveland. He'd rather be in <laughs> Cleveland right now than right. in Cincinnati. I agree. Okay, uh, I am tired of DeMarco Murray playing but not playing well. Would you bench him this week for Isaiah Crowell at Detroit in standard scoring? Uh, I hoped I had another choice in that. Bench Murray for Crowell? Nah, I wouldn't do it. Every time you try to count DeMarco Murray out and I try to – crown Derrick Henry you know as the man in that offense. I'm going to go against you, Rick, because number one, DeMarco Murray's got a banged up knee on top of uh, everything else coming out of that game. And, you know, Detroit run defense isn't that good. I think I think in standard, I think I would give Crowell a shot. Eh, you, you're hoping for the touchdown there, right? I, I can't sit yeah. Murray down. I, it's I tough. Do I it. agree. All right. I'm sure we helped that gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Put a, either one in, you're going to lose either way. Well, you're going deep in that mail. Yeah, man. You're right over there. Well, you know, I just uh, wanted to get down You in can tell there. when Rick shuffles through the stupid questions and gets angry and starts <laughs> bawling paper up and well, refuses to Well, I read almost them. did that with the McCow, and no offense there, but the Josh McCow went over yeah. Andy Dalton. Yeah, that was a stupid question. I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, Dalton will throw for 350 oh, yeah, this absolutely. week. Absolutely. He's going to be an MVP. Get your little pencil out, oh, Rick. I'm ready. Pick two All right. in PPR because Tyreek Hill and Crabtree are on a bye. Ouch. All right. Yeah, now I see the mess you're in. Ty Williams. Okay. Terrence Williams. Okay. You knew Terrence Williams was going to oh, pop yeah. up. His name was bound to come back. Eric Decker. Okay. Marquise Lee. I think Marquise Lee's a given yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the obvious first one there. As they're letting Blake Bortles throw the ball now, which they refuse to do for the entire month of September, yeah. <laughs> they're letting him throw it again. It's going pretty well, and you're starting to see Lee's numbers bounce up a little bit. All right, Ty Williams, I, I think you throw him out. He's completely disappeared with, with Keenan, Al- Keenan Allen healthy. Yeah, the, the, the young and he Williams. hasn't been very efficient yeah. when when Rivers targets him, like thirty three percent, something like that. Benjamin's getting some work out there now. The, the Mike and they're Williams. playing Jacksonville. Yeah, Terrence Williams. You know what? I'm going to play that upside play. You, you wonder. Look, I know it was a one off. We had, you know, we didn't talk about it the week before. You had the the Cole Beasley doing Cole Beasley things, getting in the end zone a couple of times. Eric Decker, we know exactly who Eric Decker is. He this found year. the end zone this year. Uh, things are picking up a little bit. They're at home against Cincinnati. Whereas, who were we talking about? Oh, Terrence Williams. You know. Single digits for every week, but uh, save last week and week one, and they're at Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand. Here's what happens. You went out. You didn't. You, sir, did not have Terrence Williams 
on your roster this time last week. You picked him up after the big week. Go ahead, put him in there, see if it's a thing. Who's you talking to me? No, to the letter right. Oh, okay, he right. Did not yeah. have Terrence, he picked Terrence Williams up after this 140-yard yep. performance. Plug him in there. Eric Decker, you know exactly what you're going to get. There's going to be a higher ceiling with Williams, or maybe a lower floor, quite frankly, but you're missing your top two wide receivers. Take the take the high-end play for me. So you're going Decker and Lee? No, I'm going Williams I mean, Williams, Williams and, and Lee. Lee, okay. Yeah. I, th- I think I will, too. You're trying yeah. to talk yourself into Decker because I know how much you like him, but I, I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I I really like Terrence Williams too because he's a burner, and, and quite frankly, I'm surprised he hasn't succeeded more. Des Bryant um, really banged up. What's he dealing with? An ankle and a knee, and knee or something? Exactly. Yeah, he's really banged up. That chemistry yeah. hasn't. Look, I don't think Williams goes out and does what he did last week again. But I think three or four catches if he breaks a couple tackles, he's going to outperform Eric Decker. Yeah, I, I I'll go along with you. I like Terrence Williams this week. Okay, this this guy's in. Oh. <laughs> I like how you mock everybody, every letter writer. Asylumfootball at gmail.com. Get those questions in so the old man can laugh at you. Yeah, I mean, but, but you know, this guy's got to be going through some by hell this week. <laughs> I wish he had expanded on the email, but I, he's probably as dejected as the question sounds. <laughs> So you can get that from the question. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, this is how it was written. All right. PPR, Doug Martin or C.J. Anderson? He didn't even want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about Doug it. Doug Martin. I told you earlier in the show to drop C.J. Anderson. As yeah, bad I mean, as Doug uh, Martin has been, it's Doug yeah, Martin. It's got to be. And Doug Martin has been bad. When he had those two rostered after C.J. Anderson had that big, what was it, week three, yeah. this guy then, was – Spending and then the his first money. game back from Doug Martin, right. yeah. This he, guy was spending his money. That championship was won with these late-round running backs, and now he hates life and he hates the world, and I fully understand it. it it's Doug Martin, not even close. I agree. Okay, get your little pencil I'm out. I'm ready. Now, this guy was a little more um, vocal in his frustration. All right, good. I like that. I need a wide receiver, okay. a running back, okay. and a flex. Out of this mess uh, <laughs> in PPR. Well put. Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, Curse. Okay. Parker. Devontae Parker. Okay. Frank Gore. All right. Gio Bernard. All right. TJ Yeldon. Okay. Josh Doxon. All right. Is that all of them? That's the uh, mess that right. we're picking three out of. So we have to have a running back. You know, a wide receiver and a flex. All right. Yeldon's finished. We don't even need to talk about right. him with Fournette, assuming Fournette shows up. I want no game. part of Bernard. Gore's yeah. going to be my yeah. uh, running back. So Frank Gore's our running back. Parker. He's your obvious wide receiver in that group. And I'm thinking think. curse against Tampa Bay, quite frankly. He's got th- – I don't know, three or four touchdowns. It has showed a modicum of uh, stability in that offense. Doxon, he's – boy, he's up and down. He's a big play guy, yeah. right? He's he's Mike Wallace circa 2010, yeah. 2009, whatever that was. He He's Martavis Bryant before he went completely on the crazy train, right? Yeah, I think in this mess, in a PPR – Doxon high end is going to have three or four catches. Can Kerr succeed that? 
I don't know that he yeah, can. Yeah, I'm not sure. I might actually lean Doc. He's more of an end zone target. Right. It, yeah, you that's know. true. But Yeah, Vernon Davis is probably going to chew up a lot of this. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. i tell you what, I'm going Parker wide receiver, Gore at running back. And i tell you what, listener, whatever your gut says, I'm leaning curse. Rick's leaning Doxon. Yeah, you but can I talk can't, me into either one. Yeah, really. I mean, to me, there's six and a half dozen the other. I'll tell you what, I'll go all in so you have a solid answer. I'm going to go Doxon there only as a top-end, high-end play. Pay attention to this, though. If Jamison Crowder practices Thursday and Friday and looks to be 100% healthy, I think I change my mind. If Jamison Crowder's out, then I think it's Josh Doxson. Yeah, I mean, that, that's good advice, I think. Yeah, keep an eye on Crowder and see what goes on there. But, yeah, the upside is there with Doxson with, with the big play potential, no doubt. Okay, if Zeke is out. Uh, don't say that. Who should I use in standard? <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> oh, God, another one. I, I love how no. you laugh at these poor people. No some, no, some of them are legit. You know, Tevin Coleman. All right. Fine. Alfred Morris. All right. Or. C.J. Anderson. Oh, <laughs> Boy, people don't want to give up on him. Cut him. Yeah. So it's really. Tevin Coleman, Alfred Morris. It's a standard league. I think if Zeke's out, you got to go Morris, I think right? you probably do for the first week anyhow. The the only thing that gives me pause there, even though it's a standard league, is Devontae Freeman's back. It's an undisclosed injury. Yeah, that isn't that odd? There's something weird and mysterious about that that makes me think it could be more ser- or, or something. I don't uh, yeah, I think if Zeke's out, you probably go Morris. Uh, it, unless if Devontae Freeman's out, this isn't even a question. He wouldn't even right. send the email if Freeman was going to be out. Right. But there's something interesting there. An Keep your eye on Freeman, injury. though. If something happens that If Freeman that plays, compounds, it's Morris. Yeah. Right. If, right. Yeah. Yeah, if Freeman plays, it's Morris. Obviously, if Freeman's out, you get Coleman in right. there and don't even think about it. Exactly. All right. Interesting question here. Big Ben. Okay. Or Matt Stafford. So Ben's in Indianapolis, coming off a bye. Stafford's playing at, Cleveland at Cleveland. At home. Are oh, they at home? They're at home. It's Stafford coming off that big game. I I'm not ready so. to trust Ben. Yeah, I'm going to see one 300 yard, yeah. three touchdown, no interception performance before I buy it. I, I in Cleveland's Cleveland. They're, they're horrific. Yeah, this is Stafford. I agree. Okay, man, we got one more, All and right. I am going. You're going to go deep in the mailbag. He actually carries like this old military duffel bag. He puts the letters in. It's the craziest thing. Here we go. They're, right. they're, they don't want to accept them, Oh, apparently. not again. Fitzpatrick or McCowan? It's McCowan. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, it's, it's McCowan, man. McCowan's a, ta- a number one fantasy quarterback right now. You know, it, he it, really is. And if you're, you're a listener to the show, I mean, I, I think it's pretty accurate. I think this is a guy that is – I mean, he's burning hot, but he's burning fast. And, I mean, when he goes, he's going to go. Oh, but man. I'll tell you what, he's burning right now. You play him. Yeah. And, you know. And against that defense, especially. Exactly. I against Tampa Bay. Burning for a good, is that it? That's it, man. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Asylum. Check it out, AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter. And, as always, make sure you get over to Fake Pigskin, FakePigskin.com. 
Get on that Draft app, Rick. We forgot to mention that. Get over there. Draft you a team. They're doing great things over there. Live yeah. snake drafts for daily fantasy football. Do that. And if, if this is your first time getting on it, which I don't know what you've been doing, and shame on you, but enter the progo- promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. There will be all kinds of goodness come out of that for you. We'll be back same time, same channel next week. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. Yeah, okay.